Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hi, welcome to Talking Sense with me, Dr. Marta. I'm a clinical psychologist specializing in working with children and families. And every week I answer one of your real life questions to offer you some psychological guidance, ideas and suggestions to support you. I like to begin with a small moment of pause or a small check-in just to get you ready for what is to come. And today I want you to think about one wish that you have for this week. So something that you hope will happen or something that you hope you will be able to make happen. Have a moment to think about what that might be. And when you're ready, let's begin. Today's question is about how we answer our children's questions about reproduction. So let's have a listen. Hi, Dr. Marta. Um, I would like to ask you a question about talking to my children about where babies come from. Um, I have three children. um, The eldest is eight. And I've always tried to answer their questions about how babies are made in a factual and age-appropriate way. Um, So I've told them that to make a baby, you need an egg from the mummy and sperm from the daddy to come together. And then the baby will grow in the mummy's womb. But if my eight-year-old starts to ask more questions and asks how the egg and the sperm come together. My question is, is he too young for me to explain to him what sexual intercourse is? And if not, how can I explain to him the social norms around talking about sex and that he probably shouldn't go and tell all of his friends in the playground about it? Um, Thank you very much and um, looking forward to hearing your advice. I love this question because the question is so thoughtful and this parent has clearly already begun conversations about bodies and reproduction and a little bit of sex with their child. But I really want to begin by separating these things. When we talk about reproduction, we are not necessarily talking about sex because sex between a man and a woman is only one way of making a baby. And sex isn't always about making babies either. So we need to separate these conversations. And I think this question today is about reproduction. It's about how we answer our children's questions about where babies come from or how babies are made. So that is what I'm going to answer here. And I might touch a little bit on sex, but that isn't the crux or the bulk of the conversation. So first things first. When a child asks you a question, any question, the one thing I want you to know is that your child has thought of an answer already. Children don't just ask, okay? Children ask things, especially at around the age of eight, where they've heard a conversation or it's been talked about somewhere 
or they've got an idea from something they've seen or a book they've read or a conversation that they've overheard. So when a child says, but how do a sperm and an egg come together? As adults, our first thought has to be, okay, my child is thinking about this. My child has already thought about this. What does my child know? So before you enter a conversation about reproduction, I want you to go into curiosity. We want to dive into our own sense of not knowing what our child knows, because you don't know. And for all you know, your child knows about sex, and they've heard about it, and they've seen pictures about it, and you don't know about this because you haven't had a conversation. So dive in. It sounds like, ooh, you're asking me about how babies are made. I wonder where you got that idea from. Where have you been hearing about babies? Who talks about making babies? Where did you hear a conversation about the egg and the sperm? Do you talk about that anywhere else that isn't here with me? You want to get really curious and you really want to build a sense of the conversations and the information that your child holds. And around the age of eight, lots of children have either heard about sex or they've heard about reproduction or even in science class, they've started to talk about it. So you want to really get a sense of what is going on in your child's world so that you can pick up where they are and guide them forwards. And I love, like in this question, this idea of being really honest um, and using really factual language, sperm, egg, womb. That is brilliant. That is wonderful. That is like music to my ears. Genuinely, I love it. It is so important for our children to hear the real words of their body parts, both internal and external, and to have these factual conversations, which takes away the layer of emotion, which often is shame or embarrassment. It just lifts it off because we're talking about something that's a fact and there's nothing to be ashamed of. When we make a baby or when a baby is made, it is a beautiful, actually incredibly amazing thing. And we all come from an egg and a sperm, whichever way that happened. So it is something of beauty. It is something of wonder. And of course, it's going to make children curious. They want to understand. They want to make sense of where babies come from. So three small things for you to remember. The first one is, Dive in with curiosity and ask your child lots of questions. You really want to make sense about what they know and what they're asking you about. Secondly, you want to stay simple. You want to keep your sentences simple, clear, and factual. So you always want to use the real words for things. So babies don't grow in mummy's tummies. Nope. If you say that to a child, particularly a toddler, they're going to think that babies might get vomited out or pooed out or even peed out if you haven't told them that pee isn't in your tummy, it's somewhere else. Because children are concrete, they're very, very literal. So to a little one that can be really scary, when you say that food goes in their tummy but so does a baby, they they can get scared and I've met little ones who are scared of babies getting eaten up or babies getting vomited out. And you as an adult might think this is like a wild idea that makes complete no sense, but it does make sense. If you think about 
how literal and concrete a child's brain is, it makes absolute sense that if we say they come from a tummy and our tummies also eat food and then when our bodies don't need all the food, it turns into poo, that they might think that babies get pooed out or they get vomited out. So be really careful and mindful about the words you use and don't be scared of using a big word like womb or uterus. Don't be scared of it. Your child is not scared of these words. They don't know them, but they can learn from you what they are. So we want to stay simple, factual, and finally, honest. We want to be really honest with our kids. And I love that this question asks, is my child too young at the age of eight? This is something I get asked a lot. You know, is my child too young to hear this information? Or if my child asks me more questions, how do I navigate it because they're too young or I don't want to break their innocence? So here's another really important point for you to hold on to. If a child is asking you for something, they're not too young to know the answer. How much information you offer your child is gonna be informed by their age, and how much they know. So remember step one, I might be going back to step one several times because it is the most important step. You want to get curious with your child. Ask them, how do you think a sperm and an egg come together? What have you heard about how a sperm and an egg come together? Who has told you that information? Where did you get that idea from? Get curious, find out. When you know what your child understands or very commonly misunderstands because they do, they've got some information or someone has said something to them, but they've interpreted it with their child's brain. So once you understand it, you're able to support them getting real factual information and also clarifying anything that didn't really make sense the first time. And for me, eight is a really typical age where kids want to understand more about their bodies, others' bodies, and things about the world. And it makes sense because their brain's just gone through a big developmental shift where abstract concepts have become real. So they understand that babies can't just show up. That is not possible, okay? In their brain, a bit like our brain, they become a lot more interested in the real information of how things work. So it's no good just saying, oh, it shows up in a mummy's tummy. Like a child will say, what, that doesn't make sense. How does it show up? Because they're in that place of development where they need facts and they need understanding. And the most confusing and frightening thing you can do for a child is not answer their question. So number two is really important. If you, after you've got curious with your child and you've uncovered what they know and where they've got it from, you feel a bit stuck and you think, I don't know how to have this conversation right here, right now. Maybe you're in the car or maybe you're in the middle of the supermarket or, you know, maybe you're just walking around the park and your child has thrown this question at you. It's totally okay to say, I want to talk to you about this. This is an important topic, but right now is not the right time. So let's wait until we get home or let's wait until the weekend and we can talk about this together. I promise I will answer your question, but this is not the right place. It is totally okay to give your child a bit of time and to boundary it so that it gives you some headspace, some thinking time, 
some time to get resources if you need them, such as books or things that you can use to communicate things more usefully with your child, and to set a time in the future when you and they are available to sit down together and open up this conversation again. And the way I think about reproduction and conversations about sex is that we don't have one conversation. We have kind of a process in our conversations. It's a process. There are many beginnings of conversations and over time they culminate in your child's understanding of both reproduction and possibly sex and sexuality with a more mature outlook on things and a more kind of comprehensive understanding of what's going on. But at first, they're just small snippets of information. They're sprinklings, but you want to make them factual, you want to keep them simple, and you want to make them really honest. So how do we begin this conversation? Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When we talk about reproduction, I find it really helpful to have some books. And I have some preferred books that I am happy to link to the caption of this podcast. I think one of the things that can be really helpful is to use the books as resources so that your child can see what an egg and a sperm look like. Because when we talk about an egg, we're not talking about a chicken egg. And again, children are so concrete and literal that they think that's the size of an egg. So there are some really beautiful, simple books and they show images that mean that you can talk and explain things with your child in a much more concrete, literal way, which really helps children, but also facilitates conversation because they have a visual. And this can help children either ask more questions for clarification or to make sense of their understanding or just feel really comfortable that they've understood what reproduction is about. And I think when we talk about sperm, we need to connote that with the fact that sperm comes from a man and an egg comes from a woman. I think that's really important. And we can say, not all men and women want to be parents and not all men and women can be. So sometimes there are women who are in love with another woman and they need to ask for a donor to give them some sperm so they can make a baby. And sometimes there are men who really want a baby and they need to ask for a donor so they can have an egg and make a baby. 
Now, this is, seems like basic to you. It's actually really important because as I said at the beginning, lots and lots and lots of kids will know other children who don't have heterosexual parents. They have two mums or two dads or just one mum or just one dad. And it can really help for children to understand that it's not always a mummy and a daddy, that sometimes it is two mummies or two daddies, and that that is also okay. There is a way that we can do this. And as you can probably tell, I haven't yet even mentioned sexual intercourse. I'm going to keep it to an egg and a sperm coming together. Okay? I am not talking about sex yet, because that is only one way that an egg and a sperm come together. We can have an egg and a sperm coming together through other means, through, for example, IVF, donor conception. There are so many other routes to parenthood and reproduction. And I think those ways are complicated for children, but we can begin these conversations by simply talking about it like this. Fact, honest, simple. So if your child then says, I really want to understand, like, how does the sperm meet the egg? Then you can start the conversation about sex. But sexual intercourse is only one way of making a baby. And it can really help children to know that sometimes babies come in different ways. We call them IVF. We call it adoption. We call it donor conception. We might call it foster care. And those people are still their parents, but the children have come from a different route that is not sexual intercourse. If you're going to talk about sexual intercourse, because that might be the story that you have in your family, that is how your child was conceived. And we know that that is the, the story that most of the time gets told. Don't worry that you're going to harm their innocence or say something that they're going to share at school to their friends and it's going to be so embarrassing for everybody. We need to remember that what we're talking about here is bodies and growing up and making babies. There's nothing shameful or rude about any of this. In fact, most children find out how babies are made through older siblings or somebody else's friend or somebody who has shown them a video of somebody having sex and they said, look, they're making babies. So to you, this might feel like really frightening that your child in the playground might say, hey, everybody, do you want to know how a sperm and an egg come together? But think about it. That isn't what children do. That doesn't mean that they won't talk about it to their friends. But if you've used factual, honest language, then there is no shame or embarrassment to be had here. Your child isn't sharing something terrible that other parents are going to come down on you with. You're just talking about the world and humans and, you know, reproducing and making babies. What could be more natural than that? So let's go to the basics. If you're going to talk about it, I would call it sexual intercourse. And you can say some mummies and daddies have sexual intercourse to make a baby. Name it what it is. So you can say that is when a penis goes inside a vagina. But it's something that only adults do. Children don't have sexual intercourse. And it's illegal to have sex before you are 18. This is something that's really important and I do want you to add it. 
I want you to give your child that boundary of this is not something children do, this is something adults do, and there is a legal component to it. And remember, this is the beginning of a conversation. So if your child is eight, this is what you might say. If your child is 13, you might be having a very different conversation about sex and sexuality that also involves pleasure and protection and the need to stay safe whilst still being free to explore their bodies. These are conversations for later years. But if we're just going to focus on the kind of primary school age, this is healthy and appropriate. And there is nothing wrong in saying this. Again, if you have a book, it really, really helps because some books have really great images. They're not pornographic. They're not explicit in a way that is like deeply uncomfortable. They are factual. They're science books. They help children understand their bodies and others' bodies and make sense of what sexual intercourse is if you're going to make a baby. And that's where we're going to keep it when we're talking about reproduction. I just want you to hold in mind that that isn't what sex is for. And as they get older, you're going to have to talk about sex as something else that isn't just to make a baby. And like I've said, you can open this up and say, look, that's how a sperm and an egg come together. But sometimes a sperm and an egg come together in a lab where some doctors put an egg surrounded by sperm until it fertilizes. And when it does, they put it back in the lady's uterus to hopefully have a baby. And again, you can explain this. And if you've got one of these books, and I will be sharing them, then you can look at the images and explain to your child, you know, for an egg and a sperm to meet and join, they have to be really close together. So sometimes they need a bit of help. And it doesn't always work through sexual intercourse, even if you're a man and a woman. And sometimes a woman doesn't have a man, but she really wants a baby. So she might still do this and ask for donor sperm. Open up the conversation okay? Really pay attention to your child's reactions. Children are really good at giving us clues. If what we're saying is too much, or if what we're saying doesn't make sense, or if what we're saying is not enough. If it's not enough, they're going to ask you a question, okay? They're going to want more. And if it's too much, you're going to see that they start to withdraw. And if they do, ask them, what have I said that has made you go quiet? Are you worried about something? Or has something scared you? You can talk to me about anything. We want to make these conversations safe. And for some little ones, they want the answers. But when they get them, they might withdraw or feel a bit scared. And it's not always what you're thinking. Often with little ones, they're scared because it doesn't match with something else that they've heard. So now they're confused. And if you've already opened up the conversation with curiosity, you might have learnt what that confusion is. So then you can help your child make sense of this in conversation with you. I would say one of the most important parts of these conversations is that what you're building is a relationship of honesty and trust with your child. You're helping them learn that when they come to you with a question about something, you answer to the best of your abilities. And... This is for you to remember and hold as a truth as well. You don't have to get it right. It's okay if you use the wrong word. It's okay if you don't kind of explain it in a way that you think is maybe child-friendly because you don't know how to do that. 
it's totally okay for these conversations to be a little bit messy. More than that, I would very much invite you to say to your child, you know, this conversation makes me feel a bit awkward. I'm a bit worried about talking to you about this. You can even say, I don't know if you're old enough to have this conversation, but you're asking me a question. And I want you to know that I listen to you. So if this question is important to you, I will answer, even if I feel a bit uncomfortable about it. It's so important that we show our child that kind of genuine relationship with us. And that what we're also saying to them is, I find this awkward. And for many of us adults, and I'm going to put myself in there, even though I talk about bodies and sex and sexuality, pretty much every day. And when I worked in pediatrics in the NHS, it used to be something I did a lot. So I would say my confidence is a lot higher than other people. And I'm aware of that. I'm very aware that I'm not necessarily the same as others. But when it comes to my child, I'm just a mother. And I'll be really honest with you. She watched a little bit of Ice Age. And in Ice Age, the mummy mammoth has a baby. And what happens is the mummy mammoth pants and pants and, you know, pushes and groans and then a baby shows up. And my daughter, about a few days later, it wasn't on the day, it was a while later, at bedtime she said to me, mummy, did you vomit me out? And I just kind of sat there feeling really confused and said to her, what do you mean did I vomit you out? Of course not. And she said, when I was a baby, is that how I came out of your tummy? And I said, no, my love, you were not in my tummy. You were in my womb and I never vomited you out. And she got really upset and she got upset because it didn't fit with her reality and it didn't fit with what she imagined this mummy mammoth had done. So when we had this conversation and I explored it further, it all made sense to me as to why she was so confused and scared. And when we then talked about it together, it was not my most comfortable conversation, but I got some books out and I showed her that actually, no, babies don't come out like vomit. They come out through a woman's uterus and they come out through a vaginal canal or for some mummies, they have a little incision just above their tummy and the baby comes out through there. And I showed her some pictures and you know, she, she's my child. She's seen me naked. She's seen her body naked. She was able to look at these cartoon pictures and understand enough for a four-year-old, okay? She won't understand everything, but she understood enough. And that was enough for her to carry on and just be okay. And she hasn't asked me that question again, but I know it's going to come back, especially when she, you know, sees other mummies who are pregnant and she asks those questions about, how did the baby get in there and how are they going to come out? Are they going to come out through their vagina? Yes, maybe, maybe not. I know this conversation is going to come up. I know we're going to have lots and lots of them. But the most important part is that I don't try and make it perfect every time. That I don't put so much pressure on myself and the words I'm saying that I miss the importance of what is happening in this conversation, which is about my child trying to understand the world better and me as a parent giving her factual honest information that is going to put her in a good place because knowledge is power and when our children understand things 
it helps them stay safe. So even if you end up having the beginning of the conversation about sexual intercourse, I want you to know that that is part of safeguarding our children. All children need to understand what sex is to stay safe. And if we don't give them the right words and we don't give them the right information, it doesn't stop them finding out what sexual intercourse is from other sources, whether it's social media, their friends, their friends' older sibling. And that information has not come from you. It is not necessarily factual and it is not necessarily delivered in the way that you would like to, to help your child feel protected. You are your child's best source of information. So holding that and honoring it is so important. Finally, I really want to say this, but you don't have to wait for your child to ask you a question on reproduction or sex or any other topic. You can start the conversation with your child when you feel it's appropriate or when it makes sense. So for example, if a family member is pregnant or a close friend is pregnant, or even if you see lots of pregnant people around you, you might say to your child, have you ever wondered how you were born or where you came from? Or you might say something like, do you ever wonder how the baby got into your auntie's tummy? These questions, when we ask them to our child, again, you might think, oh my God, I'm going to start this conversation. Yes, because you're giving your child permission to ask something which has likely crossed their mind. And sometimes children don't ask when they don't think that they're allowed to. So by giving them permission, you're saying, hey, I'm willing to talk about this. If you're wondering, I'm happy to answer your question. And they might very well say, nah, I've never thought of that that's fine. Or they might say, oh yeah, I wonder why. And you can still defer it. You can say, oh yeah, I did think maybe you were wondering something like that. You know, you can ask me anything, anytime, and I will always give you honest information. So why don't we talk about babies later this afternoon when we're at home? We can definitely do that. Use these moments as opportunities to build a relationship with your child, as well as offer them information which is both going to protect them in the long run and safeguard them from harm. Because yes, when we talk about sex, sexual intercourse and even reproduction, one of the things that we know to be true is that children tend to delay sexual intercourse and to be more safe when they have it. And additionally to that, when we talk about reproduction as something that isn't just happening through sexual intercourse, it's going to free up your child when they're an adult and they really want a baby. And it's not happening the way that the world has told them it should be. It's going to free them up to consider that there are multiple options out there, that they've known about this for a very long time. Since they were little, they've been told it's about a sperm and an egg but there's no right or wrong way of bringing them together. So as long as they meet and they create a beautiful baby, does it really matter how it happens? And we're coming to an end. I hope today has been useful to you. And if you would like to hear more of my wisdom and little stories that I like to share, why not come and join my community on Instagram? It's Dr. Marta Psychologist. I like to always end on a little mantra just to guide you for the end of the week. And this week, my mantra to you is, 
I slow down and I listen. I wish you a restful week and I so look forward to speaking to you again next time on Talking Sense. Until then, see you soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.